0: Welcome
1: to the slobbering Hog.
0: Well, hello. Try to podcast, not because we got anything <laughs> smart to say. For me, It's kind of therapy to do this. All the craziness that's going on in the world. I just want to watch the news a little less and watch sports a little more and talk about stuff that's fun instead of stuff that's serious. Plus, I get to spend time with my daughter. Aliyah, say hello to the fun people. Hi. We are a family of Razorback fans. In fact, everybody in our household their name starts with A because we're from Arkansas that's the reason so here's what we're going to talk about today Um, we're going to start off with what I'm going to call what the hog and this will be the part of the show where we um, talk about some of our concerns or some of the things that we don't like that's going on in Razorback football or in college football in general so I'll start off with my first concern for this upcoming season, for Arkansas Razorbacks. I'm concerned about the linebacker position. I love the guys that um, we have on the team. Um, Alia, you know, you know the linebacker that we have coming back, right? You gotta speak for for the microphone. I don't know. <laughs> bumper pull. You don't remember? Oh pull? yeah, I know bumper. Okay. Mupperpool was one of three great linebackers last season. Mupperpool, he, he led the team in tackles, 125 tackles last season. And then, of course, Grant Morgan, uh, former walk on, Burlsworth uh, award winner, um, came second on the team with 101 tackles. And then, of course, Hayden Henry, one of the Henry bunch, um, was third on the team with 100 tackles. And Morgan and Henry are no longer with the team. So right off the bat, um, that concerns me um, not being sure if we're going to have the depth that we need at linebacker. Um, actually, the, the guy that got the uh, fourth most tackles on the team at linebacker last year was Andrew Parker. Um, you Remember, he came in in the Rice game and in the Texas game, um, but he only ended up with seven tackles in, on the season. And that's the crazy thing is that he was fourth amongst the linebackers with tackles. Of course, in the offseason, he transferred to Appalachian State, and then next up from last year's tackles amongst the linebackers was walk-on Jackson Woodard. Of course, he's got a scholarship now, but he, too, only had seven tackles, mostly on special teams. And then Christopher Paul, who is looked at as being one of the top three this year, um, only one tackle last season. Of course, we got Drew Sanders that came in as a transfer from Alabama, and everything that we're hearing about him is that he's He's a beast, 6'5", 232 pounds, um, supposed to be a great uh, linebacker. Of course, he only got 12 tackles from Alabama last year in an injury-shortened season. But thinking about the fact that the depth is iffy, if an injury happens to any of them, certainly the depth is unproven. We've got Jordan Crook and Manny Powell and Caden Henley waiting in the wings, but usually you don't see freshmen. Coming into the SEC, or at least at Arkansas, and starting at linebacker and doing well, so that's my concern for the season: is linebacker depth. Though I like the front line, I'm I'm a bit concerned. How about you, Leah? What's your concern? What the Hog?
1: Mine's our passing game. With The loss of Traylon, um, we lost a great wide receiver. He
0: was a one-in-a-generation kind of talent for sure.
1: Yeah, he could um, catch things like he was walking on air yeah
0: yeah now with the tennessee titans um you know we have had some transfers in of course at wide receiver as well um uh landers and uh hazelwood um but you know you're you're right replacing treanor burks is is quite the task
1: especially since um kj and Traylon already had a familiarity they were a great team um and that kind of disruption we don't know how other people work together in the passing game. Um, and we don't know if Malik will play as wide receiver or not.
0: Yeah, from what I'm hearing, it's it's looking less and less like he's going to get a lot of reps at wide receiver. May have a package for him, but uh, with the quarter, lack of quarterback depth um, and the, the uh, emergence of Landers and, and Hazelwood and Keetron Jackson, um, you know, doesn't look like Malik may get quite as many reps at wide receiver.
1: Which I think is a disappointment because – I mean, the kid's fast. Very fast. And he's already familiar with the team, which you already have some interplay between him and KJ. Okay,
0: thank you, Leah. Um, So my last, what the hog, is preseason polls. I hate, and I guess love, preseason polls. So I love preseason polls because I like college football, and I'm always ready for it to start. So preseason polls are like, um, you know, uh, fun to see when in after you've gone through the doldrums of summer, it's football coming on the scene. But here's why I hate preseason polls. Um first of all, they um they they, they aren't really based upon con anything concrete oftentimes. I mean of course the performance of the pre- previous season is part of what they base that on. Um uh, but even worse than that to me is the fact that if you're ranked highly in the preseason poll and you win a couple of games, you stay really high, highly ranked. But if you aren't ranked in the preseason polls, then you have to win and win and win and win and win to get in there. And, and although the preseason polls have been good over the past at picking the top four teams at the end of the season, uh, all the top four teams at the end of the season almost always are ranked in the preseason poll, the lone exception being... Michigan in 2021. They weren't even in the top 25 in the preseason poll, and they finished in the top four. But um, as, as I look at the um, the preseason poll for this season, I want to talk about some of the teams that I think are overrated. I picked seven teams that I think are overrated, and I'm looking for them to finish more poorly than what they were rated in the preseason. And then I have three teams that I've selected that I think are underrated. Go ahead.
1: Do I get to guess? Yeah, sure. They're overrated? Yeah,
0: what episode. what do you think?
1: I guess it's Alabama. Nope. How about the Longhorns?
0: Nope. <clears throat> Over to, any other guesses? LSU? No, sorry. Okay, let me tell you. This <laughs> is going to get tedious real fast. Okay, so my first one is, and Roger will love this, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is overrated in my opinion in the preseason oh, poll. I've got them as a um, the, well they're rated three spots higher at the preseason than they were at the end of last year um, they've gone from eighth to, the, to, to fifth um, I think that they are um, they they do have a solid offensive line returning four offensive linemen returning from last year that are starters they're in the midst of a coaching change I really don't think they're going to finish as highly as they're starting my next overrated, according to the preseason polls, is Texas A&M, ranked sixth in the preseason poll. They weren't even ranked at the end of last year, In the at the end of the season. They have three returning offensive linemen that are starters. No um, returning quarterback starter. I think that highly overrated at number six. Number nine is my next overrated in the preseason, and that's the OU Sooners. Um, again, coaching change this year. Only um, uh, they're ranked one higher than they finished last year. Only three returning offensive linemen. No quarterback back. I just think is overrated. Next would be USC, the Trojans. Sorry, Daryl, Number 14 in the preseason AP poll. They've also had coaching change, and I know it's everyone's darling, Lincoln Riley, but uh, no returning quarterback. Only two returnees, starter, starters on the offensive line. They weren't even um, ranked at the end of last year, but they start at number 14. Uh, uh, my next one is number 16, Miami, Florida. Again, um, there was a coaching change with Miami. Uh, though they did get their quarterback back, uh, two offensive linemen, returning starters, they weren't even ranked at the end of last year, and now number 16. And then number 17, Pitt, overrated they do have their entire offensive line back, which is impressive, but their star quarterback is gone to the NFL. And I just think they're overrated um, to start the season. And lastly, my seventh one is number 21, Ole Miss Rebels. Can't stand Lane Kiffin. Um, they are rated um, no, number 21, even though they don't have a returning quarterback. I know they got the transfer, but come on. Unproven in their system. Uh, three offensive linemen returning. I just don't. I just don't see it. Now, as far as my underrated, I, I went with number twelve Oklahoma State, number fifteen Michigan State, and number twenty-two Wake Forest. I think all three of them are slightly underrated. Okay, enough with the what the hog. Let's move on. My, our next segment is great expectations. Um, this is the part of the show where we will talk about our hopes. What we um, see from the hogs that is encouraging, or what something that's good from college football, and we will start with uh, my first great expectation, and that is, um, I'm optimistic of this about the season. As you've already heard from some of the stats I've been mentioning, I've looked real closely at um, what happens when you have returning starters on the offensive line and returning starter at quarterback at the same time. Now. I'm sure most of you know they're listening to this, that Arkansas is returning four offensive line starters from last season and returning starting quarterback, and his name is Aaliyah.
1: K.J. Yeah,
0: Yes, very good. Okay, so in the years, I, I went back since 1990 through all of the records of the Arkansas Razorbacks and looked at every year we had a returning starting quarterback and, a retur- and how many returning offensive linemen we had. In all the years that we had three returning starters on the offensive line and a returning starting quarterback, the average win loss win loss record for the Razorbacks, excuse me, was eight and five. Not bad. And since 1990, the, the time, uh, times that we've had um, four offensive linemen returning uh, starters and a returning starting quarterback. Our record was nine and four. It's only happened one one time other than this year since 1990. That returning starting quarterback was did live, Matt Jones. Um, yeah, Elia's favorite quarterback from when she was a little kid. Um, and that record was nine and four. So that's a good precedent for this year. Considering we have how many returning offensive linemen? Do you remember? They listening. Four. Come Four. on. Yeah. Four and a in a starting quarterback back. Of course, there was one time we had five returning offensive linemen, the entire offensive line, and a returning quarterback starter, and we finished nine and three. So I like the the I like the precedent for a good season this year based upon returnees on the offensive line and quarterback. Aliyah, take it away. What's your great expectation?
1: KJ Jefferson. Tell me about KJ. What's up? He's returning, and he's shown that he's versatile, and he runs the ball, he's passing well, and of course we lost Traylon, but we still have KJ. And he obviously brings the team together quite well. Um, Watching them last year, there was a great relationship between what was going on. The field they worked really well together, which was one of my favorite things to watch. And um, with Malik as the um, uh, yeah, the other quarterback, you know,
0: backup, backup, yeah, up. yeah there that's we go. the word
1: I was looking for. Um, that's really promising too, because as I mentioned before, I mean, the kids really fast.
0: Indeed, I, it's almost like you cheated off my paper um, because my second great expectation is the run pass mix that Arkansas has going. I love the fact that we're not um, one-dimensional, that we're multi-dimensional as a team. Um, that RPO offense, um, the fact that last season, KJ Jefferson had 2,676 yards passing, 21 touchdowns, four interceptions, great numbers. Not gaudy numbers by passing standards today, but nonetheless, very solid, especially the touchdown to interception ratio. Um, but also the team had four rushers that rushed for over 500 yards. The leader being KJ Jefferson, the over 600 yards rushing. And of those four, um, that rushed for over 500 yards each, three of those are returning KJ, um, uh, rocket Sanders and Dominique Johnson. So, uh, I'm very optimistic because of that. Now for our, um, third segment of the podcast, we're going to spend a moment talking about pros and Joes. For this one, we're going to talk about the win-loss um, projections for the season, 2022 season. Um, so I last time I looked, the over-under from Vegas on win-loss for the Razorbacks was 7.5. So um, you degenerate gamblers out there, you know what that means. Um, and, of course, if you're a major sports fan, you know... Vegas thinks Arkansas, the the magic number is around seven. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, as I sampled the pros, uh, both national and local media, I added together all of their projections for this season win-loss, per, uh, win-loss record, and I averaged them out and found that local and national media are projecting, on average, the Razorbacks' win-loss to be 9-3 and three for the season. That is not bad at all. I can't remember the last time that I saw something like that, especially from national media. Um, now, the best of those projections were 10-2, and, and that mostly came from local media, Arkansas media, and the worst I saw was 8-4. and four. Again, very solid. Um, now, from the Joes, uh, I noticed a, a poll, a fan poll on SB Nation, um, and, and the... Winner of that poll, the one receiving the most votes, was to project Arkansas with nine wins. That sounds familiar. And uh, I also did a poll, a very, very um, scientific poll on my social media account. And I asked people to just ask, uh, pick the score. I mean, pick the, the win loss uh, record for the Razorbacks. And as I averaged it all out, guess what it came to, Aaliyah? Hazard a guess?
1: Nine, four.
0: Uh, that's 13.
1: It's oh. Twelve games,
0: twelve games. <laughs> nine and three. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Actually, you hit hit it on the nose after you corrected your math. Um, nine and three was the average. Um, the best uh, projection that of all my um, respondees on social media was twelve and zero. Thank you, Stuart The worst <laughs> being five and seven. I won't name that name. I don't want him burned. In Such average.
1: a disgrace.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, so that means the consensus of all three of those sources, outside of the over-under, is nine and three. Pretty impressive. Now, of course, that takes us to the time where Aliyah and I pick the win-losses for the season. So we're going to go game by game. I'm going to let Aaliyah tell you who she picked, I'll tell you who I picked, and then we will total those. Hopefully our math will be better at the end of that they were on the nine and four a while ago. So let's start with next Saturday. We are one week away from kickoff. We're recording this on Saturday um a week out from game uh one. Game one, Cincinnati at Arkansas. Aliyah, do you have who do you have winning that one? Arkansas. Okay, me too. I
1: represent all of the biases.
0: Okay, okay. I too have Arkansas winning that one. Now, a uh, week after that, South Carolina will come to Fayetteville, and you have Arkansas. Yeah, me too. Um, so both of us are sitting at two and zero. Uh, week three, we have the return of Bobby Petrino. Missouri State comes to Fayetteville, and Aaliyah, you have
1: Arkansas thrashing Missouri State. All
0: right, yeah, me too. Three and zero for both of us. Then the following week, we have the showdown in Arlington, Texas between Arkansas and Texas A&M. This is where it gets... Well, Cincinnati's a tough opponent, but A&M certainly cranks it up a level. Aaliyah, you have...
1: Remember, the Aggies are overrated, so, you know, racebacks still come out on top.
0: Okay, I also have Arkansas winning against Texas A&M. On the 1st of October, we have the showdown with Alabama in Fayetteville, and Aaliyah, you have picked...
1: Razorbacks, we Whoa. can go under to the Crimson Tide. Well, Such you're... a stupid mascot. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, well, you're going to make a lot of people mad if they listen to this, but that's okay. Um, I, I will say I love your pick, but um, that would be that would be stunning if it were to happen. It hasn't happened since way, way, way back. Um, 14, 15 years, I think. Um, I'm going to have to go with the loss against Alabama at home, though I think it will be tighter.
1: You have to remember, I always picked my NCAA bracket based on the mascot.
0: True, true. Okay, so uh, the 8th of October, we play Mississippi State at Starkville. Aaliyah, who do you
1: have? Razorbacks.
0: All right. So you, at this point, we're undefeated. All the way to the second week of October. That's great. That one unfortunately I have as an L. I have back-to-back losses. Um, and then we turn around and go on the road to BYU. That's going to be a challenge. Oh Leah, what do you have?
1: Still the Razorbacks. Yeah. Oh, fun fact, BYU is known for their dance team, the Cougarettes.
0: Okay, thanks for that.
1: I think the Cougarettes are more impressive than the football team.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure they're gonna love you in Utah. <laughs> um, I have us winning. That that game does um, worry me a bit, um, being on the road in Provo. But uh, BYU will be coming off of a difficult game against Notre Dame. Um, you know, I think Arkansas turns it around and gets and gets the win. All right. And if Aliyah's is right and we are undefeated still mid-October, then this place will be crazy. Um, and we will have definitely picked a great year to do a podcast. All right. So the 29th of October, we have Auburn. Uh, on the road, uh, who do you have, Aaliyah?
1: I can't in good conscience say that we lose to Auburn, so I say we win. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Still undefeated, according to Aaliyah. I do I do have a win against Auburn. On the 5th of November, we have Hugh Freeze bringing his Liberty Flames into Fayetteville. Aaliyah, what do you have?
1: Ricebacks.
0: Okay. I too, Stadium. I, too, have a win against Liberty on the twelfth of November, we have our battle for the boot against LSU at Fayetteville-Alia.
1: Razorbacks,
0: undefeated. <laughs> mid, <laughs> Mid-November, excellent. I too have a win against LSU. Um, the nineteenth of November, we play Ole Miss and Fayetteville-Alia. What do you have?
1: Razorbacks,
0: eleven and zero. That's that's optimistic. I like it. We, I have a win against Ole Miss. I think the lame kitten is overrated. Okay, November 25th, the final regular season game against Missouri. Away. Um, battle line ro- rivalry, I think is what we call it. Uh, Leah, what do you have?
1: Well, if we made it this far. <laughs> All
0: right. The, the optimism of youth. I'm taking it, you mean.
1: Well, the are back.
0: Okay, twelve and oh Aaliyah says. Excellent. There you go, Stuart.
1: I feel like it's asking for it if I say that my own team loses.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So definitely looking through the rose colored glasses. I'm pretty optimistic myself. I have Arkansas winning against Missouri, which would make my pick ten and two. Excellent season. Aaliyah, twelve and 0 We'll take it. Okay. So we are going to move to our final segment of the podcast called this when the slobber drops because as you know this is called the slobber and hog um so obviously excited about the season um for me the beginning of football season is almost like christmas time minus some of minus obviously the uh the Holy meaning, um, but the sense of anticipation of unwrapping gifts is similar to waiting for kickoff. Can't wait till next week, next Saturday when Cincinnati comes to town. Looking forward to the game, looking forward to the season. Um,
1: we're getting coal in your stocking if you're any team other than Arkansas. Okay, okay,
0: <laughs> I like it. Okay, so, um, my final thoughts basically, I just want to say. Why I like Coach Pittman so much? Why he's such a good fit at Arkansas? Um, of course, been here two years. Uh, first of all, it's just his likability. Um, he's such an uh, unassuming guy. Um, shucks, um, um, kind of has uh, that uh, "aw shucks" kind of persona. Um, such a change of pace from the previous, really the previous three three coaches. Um, you know, so much humility to um, Sam Pittman, and, and yet at the same time, confidence. I love that mix. <clears throat> I also like the fact that he was a former offensive line coach. Um, as we know in the SEC, line play is so important. And I think his uh, point of emphasis on offensive line has helped the Razorbacks dig out of the hole, the Chad Morris chasm that they were in. Um, uh, I'll just... Painfully remind you of the Morris years. Um, remember left lane hammer down More like left lane straight into a head-on collision Chad Morris 2018 was 2 and 10 0 oh, and 8 in the SEC 2019 2 and 10 0 oh, and 8 in the SEC. What a debacle and, and Sam Pittman walks into this this job wanting this job and radically turns it around. Sure, in his first season, he only went three and seven, but that was a COVID year. All 10 teams were SEC opponents. And of course, they added Georgia and Florida to our, our uh, allotment of games, uh, as the SEC always seems to do. They, they um, uh, basically insult the Razorbacks. 2021, he takes us to a 9-4 and uh, record with a bowl win and and 4-4 in the SEC. What a turnaround. I love the way Sam Pittman defers to his assistants. He doesn't try to take all the credit. He's a blue-collar guy. I love it. And uh, certainly he has done good things on the field. So uh, that's one thing that excites me. What do you think about Sam Pittman, Aaliyah? Any thoughts?
1: All I know is that it was really bad before he came came coach.
0: Yeah, true. It was kind of difficult to get Aaliyah to become a fan when Morris was here, so we're very uh, fortunate, and I'm very thankful for Pittman in that respect, too. The
1: quarterback situation when Jan Morris was involved was...
0: Oh, who will ever forget the Western Kentucky game? I mean, that was, that was crazy. All right, so I want to wrap up with a Razorback memory. I'll do this each week. This time, I want to turn it over to Aaliyah for her Razorback memory. Aaliyah, take us out.
1: Okay, so my first Razorback football game um, was this past year. Um, We miraculously got tickets in the fifth row on the south end zone. So crazy tickets. And my dad told me not to get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But it was so great. The atmosphere, Uh, a Razorback game is unlike any other. Um, There is nothing compared to sitting in the stands and the Razorbacks getting a touchdown and everyone calling the hogs, being surrounded by that. I didn't know where to look sometimes from uh, watching some of the cheerleaders or the band playing or the players whose faces we could actually see, I'd like to point out. Um, and we walked away with a win after that game. I was much more um positive about the outlook of that season. It was the Rice uh, versus the Race backs game, and we could see the Rice players going into their locker room. And after Of course, the loss. we didn't just
0: see them, we, we of course booed them. Right?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 naturally,
0: yeah, of course, you gotta, but you gotta boo the team,
1: even right? better. Almost after that game we had the texas longhorn game Mm -hmm. which we obliterated the longhorns and you know my dad instilled in me (laughs) longhorns boo you know
0: yeah of course well let's take it out with a quick calling of the hogs i think that's the fitting way to end the podcast we've got to do it somewhat quietly yep three two one big suey pig suey big suey. suey razorbacks good night y'all